Hey, uh, morning. My name is David Soren. I am the uh, lead pastor here at uh, Renovation Church. Uh, good morning to you. Hey, we are going to press uh, pause on the book of Luke this morning. Uh, every once in a while, uh, maybe every other year or so in our church, uh, we do a message called The State of Renovation, uh, where we talk about something important or a challenge that we're really facing as a church. And in the year 2020, there are all sorts of challenges, right? But I believe that this virus in particular, has caused two unique challenges for our church. And I want to talk about them today. And it's good to see so many of you here this morning because we're, we need to have a little family chat about our church. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on the first challenge and then a, a decent amount more on the second. Uh, here's my first concern for the people of Renovation Church. And I really just want you to hear my heart this morning. Is my first concern is for the many hearts of our people that are beginning to grow spiritually cold over the last five months. Uh, we have a decent-sized group of people in our church that have stopped coming to church. Now, let me clarify. Uh, everybody just look up here, because if you misunderstand me on this, it's, we're in trouble, okay? Let me be really clear. I am not talking about anyone who is vulnerable in health. I'm not even talking about anyone who is concerned or afraid about the virus. Nobody like that. I am only talking about people who are not afraid of the virus or even concerned about it, but they've just stopped coming to church and they've stopped watching online. And what I want you to know is that in our church, like every other church in America, that's actually a significant sized group. We know this from calling our people. We know this from a survey information. And one of the things that we know is the vast majority of our people, in fact, a well over 80% of our people are comfortable meeting in person. And yet, if you compare our summer attendance, who's been coming this summer with last summer's attendance, it's not 80%, it's not 85%, it's 55%. So what does that mean? It means the same thing that churches all around America are seeing right now is that attenders are saying back to them, yeah, you know what? For us, it's not the virus. Uh, we go to restaurants. We, we gather with friends. We're going together with friends to the lake this weekend. It's just we haven't gone to church in so long that, quite frankly, we've just kind of fallen out of the habit. Uh, we called over 100 of our people from house groups uh, a couple of weeks ago that we hadn't seen at church this summer. And while uh, many of them said, no, I can't, I'm, I'm vulnerable, or I don't feel comfortable, and every time we said, that's great, totally understand, keep doing what you're doing. But also, there was person after person after person that said, yeah, you know, for us, it's not the virus, it really has nothing to do with the virus, it's just we've been so busy doing different stuff now. The polling group uh, Barna recently reported that not only have Americans gotten out of the habit of attending church, even when they're able to, but even Bible reading in America has dropped by 50% just in the last couple months. What is that? Well, it's this. When you take a, a, a burning hot coal out of the fire, away from the other coals, and you put it off by itself the fire goes out. When you take a member of the body and you break it off to go exist by itself, it can't survive. And I want you to hear me this morning. I, as the pastor of this church, I am worried. My heart is breaking for the many, many people in our church that are slowly fading away from Jesus. You know, one of the things that we say here all the time at Renovation Church is that there is no neutral. 
There's no in-between if you do nothing. In your life, you are always, every day, you're either getting closer to God or you are fading away from him. There is no neutral. And my heart is just breaking for the many, many people in our church that are experiencing this slow fade from Jesus. But here's the irony. All of, of these people that I'm talking about, they're not listening to this message, right? They're not here. And they're not watching online. But here's the deal. You know them. Together, collectively, we know almost all of them. And so what I want you to do for me this morning is I want you to think, who is it, maybe from your house group, somebody that you normally serve with or you talk to on Sunday mornings, who is it that you just haven't seen all summer? And I want you to think of a person or two. And when you get them in your mind, I want you to call them today or text them check in on them. And it may be they, they might say, hey, I'm vulnerable, I can't. And I just want you to say that is totally okay. But I think what you're going to find is there are a lot of people that you reach out to that are going to say, yeah, we've just kind of fallen out of the habit. Would you encourage them? Would you show them grace? Would you love them? Would you pray for them? Let's just pray for the hearts of our people, okay? Okay, that's, that's sort of our first concern as we look at the state of our church. Uh, and if I was to label that concern, I would just call it concern for hearts growing cold. And here's the second concern that we have as leaders for our church. Uh, I would call it concern for hearts growing inward. And what I mean by that is hearts that are focused on themselves over and above other things and other people, which is uh, not the way of Christ. Uh, this really became a clear to the leadership of our church uh, as we polled our, our house group members a few weeks ago. Now, if you're new around here and you're like, what in the world is house groups? House groups are our groups that meet, uh, every, they meet during the school year. It's 30 plus people in a group. Uh, they meet every week and 80% of our church is involved in a house group. So it's sort of the bread and butter of renovation church. Now, obviously this fall, we cannot cram 30 people into a living room. That's not even, and never was an option on the table. And so what we did is we surveyed hundreds of our people asking them, what would you be willing to attend this fall? And I just need to tell you this over and over again, our people in heartbreaking fashion said, unless you do it this way, I won't be there. They said, unless all 30 of us meet without masks, then I won't be there. Others said, unless we can meet in person, then I won't do house groups this fall. Still others said, unless you Zoom in this particular way, we're all together, I'm not Zooming into someone else's, unless you do it this way, then I'm out. And over and over and over again, our leadership, we've read through these comments, and I just want you to know it was not a small minority. And I just have to tell you today that for our leaders, tears were shed. Sleep was lost. We are grieved over the spiritual condition of our church. As a people, we've become so wrapped up in the thinking of our culture that I tell you we are drifting away from the word of God. And it's easy to drift. It's easy to drift when you saturate yourself with other people's opinions, all the talking points of the day's current events, rather than the word of God. So let's look to the word of God, okay? I want you to get out a Bible. Uh, I want everyone at minimum, would you get out your phone and open up the Renovation Church app? We're actually gonna go through a number of verses today. 
And unfortunately, we don't have a screen out here. If we did, you could just see it on there. But I want you to actually see the words from the Lord. So if you tap outdoor services, you tap weekly verses, we're going to go through a number of them. And it's important to me that your eyes see what God has written. Okay, so our first verse is we're going to be in Philippians uh, chapter 2. That's kind of our main uh, launching point today. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to start right at verse 1. Here's what Paul says. He says, therefore... If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit of, and of one mind. Now watch this. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Okay, look at that verse first, if you still have it in front of you. Now notice, Paul asked four rhetorical questions in a row. He's going, what have you received from God? What have you gotten from God? I want you to think about this personally. Have you, have you been encouraged by God? Anyone here been encouraged by God? Have you, have you been comforted by his love in your life ever? Do you have the spirit? Anyone here felt God's tenderness and compassion before? Have you? He's saying, if you have, then you must do these two things. Number one, be unified together. And number two, value others above yourself. And I'm not sure we're doing either of those right now, if I'm totally honest. Are you familiar with Apostle Paul's uh, famous teaching, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, where he talks about love, right? He says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. You know what it says next? Actually, I love it in, in the ESV. It actually says, love does not insist on its own way. And why is that? It's because Christian relationships, Christian friendships are called to imitate Christ's love, right? They are to be defined by sacrifice. They're not self-serving because Jesus wasn't self-serving. And I want you to know, I believe that as we roll out our house groups model for the fall, I believe that we, the people of Renovation Church, will be tested. The measure of our Christian love will be tested. Can we live out what Paul is asking of us in Philippians? Can we be unified and can we value others as more important than ourselves? Because we believe that God is calling us to do that, to stay unified, to value others as more important than ourselves. Uh, here is what we believe God is calling us to do this fall as a church. Uh, and I'm, what I'm going to do right now is I'm just going to give you a really high, kind of high level flyover uh, in the coming days, through our website, email, we're going to release a lot of details, frequently asked questions, of that sort of things. So if you have any burning, pressing questions, please stay after the service. You can talk to me or Pastor Josh or Rachel Cheney and ask us your questions. Uh, this fall, uh, house groups start maybe five weeks from now. We'll start signups in a few weeks from now. Uh, this fall, our house groups will repeat on a, a three-week pattern. And it'll look like this. Week number one, the entire house group, so 30-plus people, We'll meet together on Zoom. 
And this helps the entire house group stay together as, as a unit, as a body. You know, some of our house groups have been meeting together for five to 10 years now. And we don't want to all start to migrate and go our own separate ways. And Zoom is also a great option for those that don't feel comfortable. They're not able to gather in person yet, which, by the way, is about 17% of our church. Then week number two, women's small groups. So these are groups of about five to seven people will meet in person at one of the members of the small groups at their house. So groups of five to seven people, each of the women's small groups will meet at different houses. Uh, Masks will be required. And to those who have health or a virus concerns, they can and they are encouraged to zoom into the small groups while people are meeting so they can be there with them with no judgment. And then week number three, the men's small groups of five to seven people will meet in person. Uh, We're not doing women's and men's on the same week because we think it's going to be pretty difficult for people to find a childcare this fall. And then the whole pattern repeats. Zoom is a whole group, women's small groups, men's small groups. And we believe that this pattern accomplishes most of our goals. It allows us to keep our house groups together in unity. We get to meet in person again, which by the way, 83% of our church wants to do. And then you're still able to be a part of it if you need to or you want to Zoom both on the large group and then in the small groups as well. And yet I suspect for most of you, probably the vast majority of you, that is not exactly what you wanted me to say this morning. And that brings us back to the word of God. So I'm gonna, I just told you what we're going to do and now we're going to read verses 3 and 4 again. Okay, here we go. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Can you see the interests of others? For so many of us, I believe over the last five months, We have so saturated our minds, not with the word of God, but with social media, with blogs, with uh, endless news media reports to the point now that we're only reading what we want to read. And it's to the point that we don't understand our own Christian Christian brothers and sisters. Let me give an example of this. Uh, When I just said like three minutes ago that we were going to require masks at our in-person gatherings. Some of you just went, that is crazy. That is so crazy. I'm not, I'm not a mask person. I'm not doing the mask thing. I'm out. I won't be there. I wish, I wish you could have read some of the comments from our people. I wish you could see their interest. You know, some of the comments said things like this. They said, I miss my house groups so much. I want to pray with them. I want to study the Bible with them again. I'm even willing to come in person, but I'm nervous. And I think I would be too afraid to come if people didn't wear masks. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Is your opinion on masks more important than your brother or sister growing in Jesus Christ? I really hope it's not. Look around you right now. I want you to literally look around you. Look at all of these people. Look at them. Some of these people, they want to meet with you. They want to pray with you. They want to grow in Christ with you. 
but they won't feel comfortable unless you wear a mask. Can you value their interests as above your own? Or I know for some of you, even the word Zoom sends chills down the back of your spine. We know that so many of you don't like it. But some of our brothers and sisters in Christ, it is their only option. They're 70 years old. They, they care for someone in their house that's extremely vulnerable. I just plead with you from God's word, think not of your own interests, but value others' interests above your own. For those of you that are watching online or you're sitting here this morning and you are just so frustrated that people actually even want to meet in person, I wish you could read their comments where they just pleaded with us. Please just let me look people in the eye again. Let me be with people so we can pray together and be together. Can you see their heart? The 83% of people want to meet. Can you see their heart? And if you can't come, can you zoom into the group? Even if it's not perfect, if it's awkward, can you sacrifice for your friend in Christ? I love Romans chapter 15 on this. If you have the app open still and you're looking through the weekly verses, this is kind of the next one. Romans 15 verses one through two. Paul says this, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each one of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. And so if you've been kind of looking at who you've deemed on the other side of this equation and you're going, they're weak, they're just, they're weak, whatever side that they're on. God is saying, okay, if you think they're weak, then sacrifice for them. Because you're not in it to please yourself. Think about, my Christian friends, think about the teaching of the New Testament. Have we not been studying this for years now, going through Luke? Over and over again, Jesus says to us, be servants to one another. Wash one another's feet. Jesus, how many times in Luke already has Jesus exhorted us by saying, those who continually put themselves first and their interests first will be last. But those who are last will be first. Look at the next verse, Romans chapter 12 now, verse 10. Paul again says, be devoted to one another in love Honor one another above yourself. Does someone else's interests come above your own or do your interests always come first? So how can we say that we're living out as Christians? How can we say that we're doing any of this? And if we continue to say, unless it's done the way I like it, I won't be there. Look at me. That is not the spirit of Jesus Christ. It just isn't. You know what John chapter 13 says? Jesus says, the world will know us. Do you remember this? You know why the world will know us? Because of the way we sacrifice for each other and because of our love for each other. But I tell you, right now, so many of us, we look just like the world and it grieves my heart. I know some of you want to say, but hey, it's my right, it's my freedom, I can do what I want to do. Yes, uh, sure, you have free will, but if you want to love, you want to love other people, love is sacrifice. You know, I love the timelessness of the Bible. <laughs> this is so relevant. Look at this, next verse in your, on your phone. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. God knew we'd be here. Verse 23. 
This is what the Corinthians said to Paul. They said, I have the right to do anything. What does Paul say? He says, you say that, but not everything is beneficial. Again, they say, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Here it is again. What is this, the seventh time? No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Are you seeking the good of others? Do you value others above yourself? Do you know why Paul started the way he did in our original chapter of Philippians 2? When he says, have you been encouraged by God? Have you been comforted by God? Do you have the spirit? He started that way because of this. He's saying, if you know Jesus and you know his love, surely you must remember how you got to know his love in the first place. So look at the, look at the, the next couple verses in Philippians. So we went one through four, and now we're gonna go to verse five. So this is starting in Philippians five. In your relationships with one another, that's in our house crews, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Okay, what's the mindset of Jesus? Who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in an appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus, our model, made himself nothing. Jesus gave up his rights, gave up his freedom to stay in heaven on his throne in comfort. Jesus is the son of God, right? He's the most free being that has ever existed. And yet he humbles himself and he comes to this dirty earth as a baby in a manger, taking on the character of a servant. He was such a servant that he was so obedient to his father that he even gave his life on the cross. Now I want you to think about this. Jesus Christ considered your life, your life, to be so important. He considered your life to be of such great value that he laid down his life for yours. That is the model of Christian love. John 15, right? Greater love has no man than this, right? To give his life for his friends. Why? Because that is exactly what Jesus did for us. And so church, I plead with you as your pastor, as your leader, I plead with you, not from the culture, not from some argument on TV. I plead with you from the word of God. Sacrifice for your friends. It will not be easy. It may be uncomfortable. It may not be exactly what you want. But it will be good. And we will meet Jesus there as we imitate him. And we will grow together and we will do so for each other in unity. And I want you to know this. While the world may be splinters apart in front of our eyes, they will look at us and they will see something different. They will see people who laid down their preferences, who laid down their choices, who laid down their wants because they love each other and because they know the love of Jesus Christ. That's what they'll see with our church. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Jesus, help us do this. God, bring us back to your word. Bring us back to you. God, we ask for forgiveness 
for looking so intently on ourselves. God, may we imitate you again. May we lay our lives down for our friends so we can grow together, so we may reflect you to this splintering world, God. May they see hope in us. May they say, see you in us. In your name we pray. Amen.